to another edition of the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in the Plate of Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. And today, I guess we're asking the question, uh, are you prepared to die? <laughs> uh, well, no, 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 no. We're, we're, what are you going to do after you die is what the question. You, yeah. And what, we, what are you going to do with your body after Nothing. you die? What's going to happen to your body after you die? It's, it's different. Well, that's You're, another podcast. Mine's going to be incorrupt, Father Jack. I don't know about yours. You're, okay. Well, outside of the physical violence I'm going to do to you before you die. But then they're going to open my coffin. I'll be sitting there with my rosary, like, my fingers like, oh, my gosh, that sweet smell. With that coming out of disfigured yeah. face from when he died. <laughs> It's going to be all put back together. It's not martyred. Oh, and I'll have a grin on my face. Like, ah, <laughs> ha, Father Jack. I can, actually, I can see that. You're, you know it's not martyrdom if your parochial vicar kills you. You know, it's not It's not hatred of the faith if you're annoying. Okay? <laughs> warranted. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's focus here. Justified all right. homicide. All right, so what we're, I would probably think of, what the heck are we talking about today? But this weekend, big news for Sacred Heart. We are... Um, in the process, a uh, uh, concrete slab has been poured, and a columbarium is going to be erected in the Sacred Heart Cemetery, uh, where we keep uh, the ashes of the de- future deceased members of Sacred Heart, uh, namely Father Jack, in a couple weeks. Wow. Um, no, that was a joke. It's a joke. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone's laughing. Um, <laughs> and so, so <laughs> the question is, all right, so the question is this. Um, why, why are we so, talking hold, about wait, it? Hold wait. on, no, no, seriously. This is a really, this is a serious question. What do you think people are going to leave on your grave site like they did Father Matt's? <laughs> Just curious. Oh, my goodness. It depends know. if I'm alive or not. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Let me let me ponder that. Back to well, I'll, let you, I'll let you guys answer that question because I'm not, I can't pick that. I'm not yeah, other people. That's true. You know, maybe Father Jack knows. Maybe like other people's books. Wow. Or, or wow. Oh, that's funny. You don't uh, books. <laughs> okay, but okay, but okay. On an unrelated but totally related stories, he comes in to my room last night and he goes, "Hey, Jack, look at how long this wire is, and it's a, a phone charger." And I went, "Yeah, it's mine." And he was, "How like, long has it been missing?" <laughs> since the youth retreat right <coughs> after Christmas, and I he think, ca- and I then think you left it. And I took it. There's, there's no way that's what happened. Okay. I don't know how you ended up I think stealing. He's claiming it. I'll bring domain. that to mental prayer this the, evening. And the see best what part about this is he also stole a Apple Watch charger to which whoa, 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 he whoa. okay borrowed without asking and then didn't return or and found was, it. Didn't know what it was. Whatever. You don't even have an Apple Watch. I exactly. Don't. Exactly the problem. Why did you keep it for four months? <laughs> this is this is what I live with, folks. Okay. Well, maybe you could put that in my casket when I die. Okay. You know? All right. So let's go back to the point. So the columbarium is being erected and it's a place where we put uh the cremated remains of of people and i thought it would be good to kind of talk about proper um funeral preparations i because i think we experience i don't know father jack you've experienced most priests we kind of um a lot of people don't know what to do when it comes to catholic funerals and also to do with their with their loved ones remains apparently uh start i mean maybe uh, you know, f- starting five years ago, um, there was some <clears throat> some uh, statistics out there, and I think they said that almost half or more than half of Americans said when they die they'll be cremated. Uh, it's much more popular. I think the reason for that is much cheaper. I think yeah, yeah, it by substantially or mm-hmm. yeah, it's substantially cheaper. But 
I think it's good to kind of maybe speak about the church's position on this, about cremation. Uh, and w- if someone were to get cremated, what's the proper way of burying that person? Uh, because we believe that the body is is a temple of the Holy Spirit and must be treated with utmost respect. Um, so I think it wasn't until the 1960s that it was forbidden for a Catholic to be cremated. And from uh, my research, which is going back quite some time, it wasn't until the Vietnam War when they permitted the Vatican changed the position and allowed cremation to happen with the understanding uh, that the cremains would be buried in a sacred place. All right, now that raises a lot of questions. What does that mean? So Father Jack, like, define what would be, you know, a sacred place. And then, um, I don't know, do you know a little bit of the history of why that uh, cremating was illegal? Well, okay, so, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's pretty explicit. One thing that, of like, um, you know, well, basically it's a respect for the body because we actually, because we really do believe in the resurrection of the dead, um, it to to burn the body because we don't see you know because we don't see the soul we don't see the animated uh kind of has a certain disrespect for it right because that the, the who we are as an embodied soul is is a real thing <laughs> it actually means something and so even after death even after the soul leaves the body um it, it we it's not that the body is is thrown away we're not a shell right then and, and you know if you if you look back at you know uh history of philosophy you'll see that there are people who have argued for um, basically the soul just being trapped in a body. And so it's kind of a, um, a fight against, you know, I guess Gnosticism, uh, I guess right. would be one of the heresies that kind of said like, you know, the whole point of this is just to free yourself from the body. The body's bad, the soul is good, and we all just need to worry about it as well. So the Christian is like, that's not true. And we know it's not true because Christ became flesh uh, and took on flesh. So it can't be all bad, <laughs> you right. know, it can't be bad at all. Um, and so with that in mind, we still treat the body even after death with respect, with uh, an anticipation of, of the resurrection of the body. So burning it, um, uh, it would have been a sign of disrespect. And it's actually still in the indult. Because um, the, the indult actually didn't come until 97 in the U.S. Really? That's what this, that's what the, at least the can you read? Can you read from the, so, so folks, what Father Jack has in front of him, you can't see this because you're listening to this, obviously. Is the what? Hold, hold up that book, Father. So it's that it's, is. It's, this can, is the yeah, the order, order of Christian Christian funerals. funerals. Okay, yeah. and there's specific guidelines, Father Jack. Read what it says in the guidelines for. Now we're talking about cremains, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, please so read it slowly. Is, this is from the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, which basically can, is like it, Cardinal Sire is in charge of it now. Um, but love uh, that guy. Everybody loves that guy. Um, but it, this is this is how it's written. At the request of His Excellency, the Most Reverend Anthony M. Pilla, Bishop of Cleveland, and President of the National Conference of Catholic Bishops, the forerunner for the USCCB, by indult of 21st March 1997, and by the power of the faculty granted to this congregation by the Supreme Pontiff, Pope John Paul II, we readily approve the English text appended to this degree, uh, which is to be used for the celebration of the funeral rites in the presence of cremated remains of the deceased. Okay, so I'm a little bit wrong. Uh, this is this is not the 97 number is uh when not when you could do could use cremation but when you could actually do a funeral after the body has been cremated 
What so, so there's a difference. So because the order of the church, you know, that the tr- the order of the so church it, would is like, the first one still a pref- the preference. The preference the preference is still uh, that you that you bury very very clearly. That's that's what the preferences of the church. The body are. without with the body, obviously without burning is the preference exactly. of the church always been the preference. Exactly. If you were to do a cremation, the preference would then be to do the funeral rites in the presence of the body and then do the cremation, which is a very reasonable thing to do. I mean, I think most funeral homes, from what I can gather, have caskets that, I mean, it sounds kind of crass, but it, you can basically rent them. You know, you don't, you don't need to purchase a casket uh, if you're going to do a cremation. And then to bury the cremains, whatever it is, the weeks in the weeks that follow, um, right. whenever it is done. Then the then there is this indult that only comes from 1997, um, and that is you can do a funeral mass after the cremation occurs. Now, the thing about an indult, historically speaking, is that indults tend to come become the norm. No, not well. Not only that, although it, it does, it does. It's it is a recognition that there is an abuse happening that we can accept, right? Interesting. So, so something like, like communion on the hands, hand. exactly. That started as an act of of rebellion, basically, um, in in especially in North Central Europe, so the Netherlands and Belgium and those areas. Um, used to be these great Catholics, and then they they started this right. whole rebellion idea of like I'm going to show you how unimportant your consecrated hands are, and I'm going to demand that you right. put the host on mine. Right. Um, and the church just said, we can we can suffer through this, you know, like we can. It doesn't change what the sacrament is, so we'll allow it to happen. And this is this is how in, indults come about. That you, normally, um, that's what this is. This is these these were probably happening, <laughs> you know, right. and and the church is like, we don't want it to, but we also don't we we don't want to hold on to this rule for the sake of holding on to the rule. So we will allow it to happen and just please do it this way. Right. And so, so going back to also this, uh, there's a couple of things too, historically, I think that tie into this also and why the church was against it. Cause in the early church, the Romans used to, ins- you know, burn the bodies of the mm-hmm. Christians to mock our teaching of the resurrection of the body. Cause they thought that was bogus. Right. And we do believe that our bodies, the bodies we have will be reunited with the soul forever. And that's the, one of the, I guess would say one of the primary reasons we bury, we treat the body with such respect, it will last forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously a new improved version, hopefully, right. you know. I and, mean, uh, I mean, if Jesus could walk through locked doors, I'm, I'm counting on that too. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so now in, with Vietnam, I think the problem was, is a lot of these guys were getting, they, their bodies were so messed up, mm-hmm. so to speak, is they, when they transfer, it's just, it just didn't make sense. So I guess the Vatican realized they had to make an exception to the rule and then I think what happens, culturally speaking, we got to the point where now I would say I'm surprised if the body shows up at the funeral mm. in, in its full tech. I mean, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I would say the longer I'm a priest, the more you're going to see urns. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I just kind <clears> of, <throat> I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, it is permitted, but I think it's, it's, it's also good to understand what, the, and the church doesn't say too much about this. Other than it's in the fifth commandment, I'm trying to find this respect for the dead. Um, it says in 20, uh, wait a minute, is it 2300? All right, the bodies of the dead must be treated with respect and charity and faith and hope in the resurrection. The burial of the dead is a corporal work of mercy, honors the children of God who are temples of the Holy Spirit. And I know there's also, where there is like one line about um cremation and is that 
Is it in the fifth commandment? It's like a one-liner. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, gosh, where is it? Let me see if I can find it. But I, I think it, it's, it's, it's very simple, and I'll paraphrase it, but it basically says that it is permitted as long as you're not disregarding the teaching of the resurrection of the body. It has to be. And, and then the understanding implicitly is like what it says in the ritual, that those re- remains must be placed in a sacred place, a blessed ground, or in a columbarium. Right. Right. And that, that that's, right, you know, yeah, that, that is very explicitly taught. Um, in All right, so let's back up just a little bit with the whole, the, the idea of a funeral mass to begin with. So obviously right. it's not, it has no bearing on one salvation, whether you have a funeral mass or not. Oh yes, it does. Well, I mean the, the salvation of the soul. Right. Or no, no, not the salvation of the soul, but in terms of if the soul's in purgatory. Right. Right. But my, I guess my question is, why do you think so many people, why do you, I mean, you, I'm sure you run into this and we run into it every once in a while. I make the mistake of answering the phone at the parish office and, and mm. somebody's, you know, talking about you know, wanting to set up their funeral plans. And it's more so they're not, some people just aren't, they don't even want a funeral mass. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Well, I, I just think it's, it's because they don't understand what the Eucharist is. The mass means nothing. It's just a, a silly ritual to them. And they don't, there's no belief of the afterlife and neither is a belief in purgatory. Because it's just there's automatic, and for most people, the body is just it's just sort of a, it's just you know it's a dead thing that you know we just don't really care about this anymore because they're in a better place. I mean, there's this whole weird you know sort of belief, a sort of pagan belief on what happens after death that's creeped into Catholicism, mm-hmm. and I think it's very common where I mean, Father Jack, I don't know, uh, you know, you've been down south for a while, but I you know, but in in the north was you know was, was it common for people to say I don't want a mass. I'm a- are we talking about Montgomery County? Yeah, here? yeah. I just at this want to be point, sure. okay. at this point, the Great yeah, yeah. White North, yeah, or, North America. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just you know, and was, or Northwest here, DC. I think people yeah. are more traditional and they they appreciate the mass, but our generation, people my age, yeah, because they don't practice the faith, they don't ask for a mass because first they don't want to go to mass because they're like they left the faith and they're against the faith, and then their parents who were probably really good holy Catholic practicing uh-huh. people, they're like no yeah. one's, you know. I'll be honest, I well. We, I never got a call at the, I don't think in four years or whatever, I never got a call from the parish saying, I would like a funeral, but not the mass. Now, what I did, I actually ended up on a funeral homes list of of basically guys who they would call when somebody said, well, I'm Catholic, but I don't have a church. And so I'm just going to have the funeral here in the um, funeral, home. funeral home. Yeah. And then you do, then you basically don't do a mass. Right. Um, and so, so yes, I, I, d- I did more than a few of those. Um, which is always so awkward, um, because, because they really have no, like you're just like you said, they've no, no understanding of faith. And, and a lot of times they would say that, oh yeah, they went to mass every single day. I never got it. But, uh, and I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about this, you know? <laughs> so I, st- I actually, this may not be the best thing in the world, but I stopped like, you know, how having them, you know, help pick the readings and stuff because then it, then it became this weird, like it was like a stress to them. You know, they were like, I've never, I've never read the Bible. And now you're asking me to pick which one. And right, and right. they're like, this is just so stressful for me. And I don't know who to ask to do the reading. And I was like, I got it. Just, just, I'll do the whole thing. I don't care anymore. Uh, and, and, and they, end, and then I ended up realizing that was probably the better option. Um, so it's like, yes, you do get, you do get a little bit of that, of a funeral without the mass. And you're, but I, I would say that there, this is, this is something and I know at least one of our brother priests does this now is he, that is his his norm is a <laughs> funeral non mass, and what he does is he offers a mass privately for the, for the sake of the person who has died. And when and when, when would he decide efficacy. to do that? What do you mean? He so his 
so because it's in the the missal that you can offer a mass for the dead at the first notice of of their passing. So that's so that's what he did. Is he would look at at first the so if he got it on Monday, he would try and do it as soon as possible. Um, a mass for uh, the deceased, right? That was you know unrelated to the funeral, right? Um, I got I got one of the craziest stories about cremains. Um, I don't know if I've shared this with you. The one when I was at St. Mary of the Mills. Where you found them? Yeah. Yeah. You know that story? Can yeah. I, I mean, this is this is a typical example where even in, in the church itself where uh, it was just, <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe this. So we're having lunch. We're having a staff lunch and um, we're eating pizza. And then, like, the staff's like, uh, who's going to eat that last piece of pizza? And I'm like, I'm, I'm full. You, you can have it. And they're like, why don't you give it to, let's say, I use a fake name, George. And there was like, ah, oh, they start chuckling. Like, Who's George? You know, I'm kind of outside of the inside joke. You know, could I be in the inside maybe? And they're like, you know, the guy in, in uh, you know, in Bob's office. And Bob was like the custodian. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know about George? I'm like, no. I've been here for two years. I don't know what to talk. He's like, go in there and check it out. So I go into the office, and <laughs> underneath the desk, this is, this is terrible. There is a box. I open up the box, and literally inside the box, I pull it out. There is a bag. It's got it's got a it's, uh, it's got George's name. It's a fake name, but his real name. And then it has a social security number. I realize it's a bag of ashes. And I was I was I was just like I come out of the office like they're like snicker. I'm like this isn't funny. Like this is not funny at all. Awkward. I don't word. Yeah, I like this is the most awkward and and uh, they're what, what it, you know uh you know what do you want to do? I'm like we're gonna have funeral mass and so like we we actually planned a funeral mass and I made that I, the staff had to go because they were laughing about this. And I'm like, you're going to make penance for this guy's soul. And so we went to Pilates high school. We did a funeral. It, the, 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 the homily was like, uh, here's George. We don't know nothing about him. Uh, I don't know how the ashes ended up there. Here's how I know you're, you're such a Vatican II priest is that even though you had no need to preach, you preached anyway. <laughs> you had like, like you not only that, 25 but, you, minute but you preached on the guy who you didn't know. No, and I, nobody in the church knew. Right. Well, I, I, I forgot Jesus is going to help him, you know, to pray for this all, you know? It was blazing hot, and then we buried him in a columbarium. It was it was beautiful, and uh, and now and I think this is what has to happen. But it was just I just sat there thinking, like even within the walls of the church, yeah. people don't get it. Right. You know, this is a body; it needs to be buried. You know, mm-hmm. um, another freaky story was we we did this parish mission, and uh, I was blessing houses, and and uh, in Pennsylvania, we used to go up there at Jesus Divine Word, and I went to this one house, and they were like, oh, we're, we're yeah, there's all these weird things happening at night, you know, in this house. I'm like, oh, well, bless the house, you know. So I'm sitting on the couch, and they're like, you know, yeah, he died on that, on that, on that, uh, on that uh, lazy boy. I was like, Ooh, you know. I so and he goes, yeah, well, okay, let's pray for him. I'm like, no, he's upstairs. Well, they had the ashes mm-hmm. upstairs. Same thing. Did we did a mass? We buried him, and a day later, they said the house felt peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I think there's it's an injustice to the person. Yeah. A, not to have a mass done. Right. And number two is not to bury the remains, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So uh, anyway, back to you. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's it. Is that, I mean, I, the, just kind of trying to understand a little bit of like where, where this preference comes from a lot. One of the best ways to figure out like what, you know, the, the thought of the church is to look at how she prays. Right. And so there is like, uh, there are, like, this is a real, there are real differences in the prayers. There's not many. Right. But there are kind of these very subtle differences that we we change the wording when it's in the presence of cremains, right? right. So, 
So at the beginning of Mass, you usually would sprinkle the casket with holy water, and you still do that with the cremains. And, and when it's a casket, when the body is present, you say, in the waters of baptism, the person died with Christ and rose with him to new life. May he now share with him eternal glory. When, he, when it's the cremains, the, um, you say, as our brother or sister has died with the Lord, may he or she live with him in glory. Right? There, there's a certain sense in which um, we. this is one of the few things where it's very obvious that they're just like, no, like there's there's a real difference in, in what is present, not just the, the, um, the, the pieces of it, but like the form is missing, right? And, and so we kind of remove a little bit of, of the depth of what's offered. And the, and the priest is told, you should pick, you should be very careful about what prayers you pick and what readings you pick. You know, that right. I think, I, I mean, that's kind of an awkward conversation that I've never had, but like you were, we're supposed to change things in the mass, uh, mm. so that we stop talking. Give so an we, example. Of so like, um, you know, there's, um, when you talk, I, th- basically it's, so it says, where does it say, um, I don't remember where it says it, but basically it's just like, what would be one of the readings? It's like, uh. We well, like I think it's there's a reading of like we bear the marks of Christ on our body. You're not supposed to say that, you know, because why? Because it doesn't make sense. You you you, you if you want to remove the image of the body from from death, then remove it. You know, mm. um, so so they sh- yeah, so if you got cream cremain, you should not I mean, have you that shouldn't reading. use that reading. You know, yeah, wow. a bunch of different things. And um, there's uh, one of the options uh, for the dismissal, right? So normally. The dismissal at a, at a mass is in peace. Let us take our brother, sister, to his place of rest. Um, but the, when when this when you do a cremains, you're supposed to say, "In the sure hope of the resurrection, we take leave of our brother. Let us go in peace." There's a there's a, it's just a, it's a little thing. There are little words, you know. It's not like it's not super substantial. It doesn't question salvation. It doesn't you know really instill any doubt. There's but the the focus starts to change, and so is the committal, right? That all of these right. things. Um, just have a change in that we we lo- as mourners as those left be- left on earth um, we lose a symbol of of, of our hope um, right. and and it doesn't really change what our prayer is our prayer is still for the salvation and the forgiveness of their sins but it is something that is lost that we have to recognize right I mean why do you think why do you think people would want to keep you know mom or dad on the mantelpiece? or, you know, and unlock it or these types of things. I mean, even I've heard something as crazy as, oh, well, this is a, I've heard this like five times in my priesthood. Um, uh, Jerry was a great golfer. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to spread his ashes on the ninth hole. Right. You know, meanwhile, there's geese like flying yeah. in, you know. And, well, somebody and, just put their uh, father's ashes in a, in a bowling ball and then they bowled a perfect game. So, you know, here's the counter argument. No, 100% serious. It was all over, like, secular news. It's great. Um, that this is like, this is like a thing. Because uh, dad liked bowling. Because dad liked bowling. Or, right, so, or jewelry. Yeah, jewelry is a big one. Like, or they, and then they, they separate they separate the, oh, yeah. the yeah. whole. whole uh, right. Between the kids. So Everybody that each can have a little piece of mom. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why do people do it? I mean, I think this is this is kind of the funny thing is, is because... I, and and, and I'm, maybe I'm taking it a step too far. I don't know that it's necessary conscience, but there's still a certain religiosity that is natural to man to an expression of something that is happening after death, but we don't want to refer to God. 
And so it's kind of a spirit of the ancestors kind of moment. Pantheism. Well, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, so it's like a, yeah, it's just a kind of a throwback to what, what we we know is false. But we still kind of have this little thing of like, oh, I want I just need to hold on to mom. So you recognize that mom, and mom's spirit is going to be with me. Right. Mom's spirit's pissed at you is what it is. You know, <laughs> like she's angry because you're carrying around in this right. little necklace that's probably going to fall off, and then everybody's got to cry all over again. Right. And it's like... But that would be the worst thing for me to do is have a like get be given like someone's ashes. I would probably yeah. lose that within four days. Four days? You think you're gonna last four days? Hey, at least. <laughs> okay. At least. <laughs> give me four days, Father Jack. If Come you on. if you slept for three of them, I'll give oh, you four oh, days. Ah! <laughs> I know, I know. You're never gonna win. And now there's a long table, so you can't even hit me. <laughs> get you later. Yeah. yeah all right. So all right. What I here's another one. What about all right, so another thing you, that is like the tradition of having a vigil prior to the mass. Yeah. And, and that's kind of been, um, for convenience sakes, a lot of people and not don't. to be confused, explain vigil. Cause you don't. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk, talk about a, a, like a really good funeral liturgy. If you were to perfect it, all right, folks, this is like, you know, if you're, you know, your uncle's dying, you're trying, you're in charge of preparing a, a, a funeral liturgy. There's, there's, a, there's like, it's, there's like three parts to it. And yeah. the first part is the night before, uh, it can be in the church if if it's permitted. Sometimes the funeral would bring the body and then bring the body back, back and forth. You can ask that. Yeah. I've done that. Um, or it's at the funeral home where right. the priest or deacon comes and there's a uh, a vigil. There, it opens. It's almost like the the liturgy opens with a vigil. Mm-hmm. Explain just briefly why we have this vigil and why it's important. Yeah, I mean, I think so. That's the the. This is meant to be kind of the first gathering of right. people after news of death, right? Because, you know, so so this is a, is a very different characteristic than the than the funeral mass. And the problem is oftentimes we, you know, you'll see it a lot of times people are like, we just want to do the v- viewing right before. And it's like, okay, but that's the problem is now you've, like, one, you have, you're now asking everybody to be there for two hours. It's like social, not really, yeah, it's kind of awkward. The, but the vigil has a, a certain social characteristic exactly. that's natural. Like, like I... I, I I'm very honest about this, but I hate eulogies, and and in part because I've seen really really bad ones, and even the really good ones, uh, can are can be very borderline. Um, but well, because people sometimes using uh, the virtue of prudence will say things about the deceased that just aren't helpful, and they're trying to be funny, or they're mourning, right? And they don't know how to express that properly, and like you know, there's no filter. Well, yeah, or or it's just the wrong person got chosen. I remember I I, I tell this to every family who tries to challenge me on eulogies that uh one of my explain first explain to people what a eulogy so is the eulogy is, yeah. is the words of remembrance but a family yeah. member shares stories which, and, and which it, everyone wants to do during the funeral which right. is not the best place no. for it so so, so it should be I, the vigil you yes, think okay yes, explain that's, it so, so that's so, good. so this is why i always i i right, refuse folks, to do eulogies all right so father jackson explain why if you're listening to it, why you should do it at the vigil yeah. and not at the funeral okay right, well on, on my end yeah. the reason that i do it when i do it is because um <laughs> When I, uh, let's see, how do I phrase it? My one of my first funerals, it was this grandfather, the, the grandson of the deceased, uh, came forward, and our parish we used to do it at the after communion, right, which is kind of a standard time to do it before the committal, and this kid, uh, and he was he was a teen, gets up there and he's saying who knows what, and then he just screams into the microphone, "I am God," Ooh. and I was like. And I got, and I don't have a time. Like, this what is do I, at mass? This is MS, right? So, so I'm like, and this is the thing. I was told he was a good kid. 
I was told that he would be really respectful. I was told that this would be a perfect. What did you? Re- how did you react to that? I just pretended like it didn't happen. Because how would you react now? I don't know. I don't know, man. I just all the same. I probably would just go because you can't do anything. You're just what are you like, gonna? What am I gonna do? Yell at a seventeen-year-old? Like, yeah. well, I would. But like, sisters, like, he's yeah. not God. Believe it or not. Yeah. And wow. uh, please sit down. Yeah, yeah, and, please, um, and never talk again, right? Um, so, so that's the thing, right? And so, so I'm like, I will allow you to give a eulogy before mass if you really, really want to, but you have to start it before ten o'clock. If ten o'clock's funeral, right? So, why do we do it at the vigil? One, there's a different character, right? Of of how the 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 funeral liturgy is supposed is not directed towards the deceased. It's not. It is a mass directed towards God. The vigil, though has a communal character there you that is go. very different. There you go. And so we we share each other's mourning in that moment. That's you should go to these things yeah. to visit the family and then to offer words and of then people can just share stories from the after the priest says his prayers. Hey and that's why I do hey folks if you want to you know share things, you get out of there. You guys you guys go at it. Uh, but it's not. It's also not during during the mass. And and here's and this is something that I I kind of I laugh about. But I in our and when I was preparing for the church history course, uh, the the third council of Toledo, which is just amazing that I remember this, had a had a thing that said there is not to be wailing during the liturgy or during the funeral mass. What about gnashing of teeth? Well, yeah, no, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So so I just kind of laugh about this, and I'm like, first off, they this is a big enough problem that. A lot of bishops said we have to come together and and address this, right? And and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, except for yeah, that is kind of it. Is because we we lose focus when we do that. We've we've turned it, but like, so I think that's probably where this vigil develops. Is that we we do kind of need that outlet, and and when we don't allow ourselves that chance, um, and it is uncomfortable. And you know, nobody nobody really likes sitting there for two hours. And I know it's hard on the family sometimes to like sit there and. Um, have to share and, and, you know, just kind of stand awkwardly as people are sharing the same story over and over again about Uncle Bob, who, um, who you know, was such a good fisherman or whatever, and he was such a good dude. He gives the shirt off you, his back. Yeah, yeah, the same same cliches. I heard, I, why does everyone use that one? He uh, gives the shirt, I mean, I don't want a Bob shirt, you know. Why would you use that? He gives the shirt off his back. Because, I mean, it's kind of scriptural, it? but whatever. Um. Oh, <laughs> or the cloak. Okay, fair enough. You really think that's what they're thinking, Father? No, it's a cliche. But, I know. But, you know, that's how cliches work. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's just it. So, this vigil is supposed to have this this time of comfort towards the family. Okay, cool. So, like, here, here's, so we're kind of, you know, point out this perfect, you know, you're planning your yeah. funeral. Have a vigil service mm-hmm. either in the church or at the funeral home. Call the priest or deacon. He gives, the you know, these prayers. It's a little scripture reading, yeah. petitions. And then he gives a short, really short, brief homily, you know, some less than others. And then, and then after that, there's there is I don't is there a blessing there? I think there is. Yeah, there is a blessing. And then the priest can invite them. If, if folks, you want to share, we well, got everyone here. Come up and and just share stories. That's the time. And then so then it would be after that, you know, you know, maybe even pray a rosary. Right. Um, one thing I've done, which is ama- I I haven't done it here too much, but uh, a couple of times I've offered confessions in the funeral home mm. and gotten huge fish. Mm. I'm just like, hey, folks, if you, you know, tomorrow's a mass. Have you been away? And I'll just, the funeral director gives me a side room. And uh, in Poland, they do that. Mm. They do confessions during the, at the funeral home. Mm-hmm. They said they actually have confession. I think they have confessionals in the funeral home to, to prepare the people for that, you know, probably their first mass for uh, maybe for many years, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So transitioning to the funeral, right? right? So ideally, that should be separate. 
from the funeral mass. And then the next, the next, the next we have the funeral mass. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, and there's going to be readings uh, from the Old Testament, Psalm, New Testament, gospel, mm-hmm. or readings. Uh, it's tr- almost like a solemnity in terms of the amount of readings we, we have. The family usually picks those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like you were saying, it's like good to have that discussion with the priest or deacon about which readings would actually fit the scenario of what your loved one's gone through. Correct. Right. Right. I remember, I mean, it's kind of tragic, but I had a a younger (laughs) person die and, and they picked the, the very famous wisdom three, right. Where it's like, uh, you know, uh, or no, it's not wisdom. Wisdom three is, uh, the hands of the just or the, the laws of just, but it's like, whatever it is where it's like, uh, the reward of a long life, uh, is, or the man of righteousness is rewarded with a long life. And it's like, you know that he died at 22. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be funny, but like, maybe we should pick something else, you know? Uh, but I mean, it's just one of those deals where it's like, um, yeah. Oh, okay. So when you kind of, okay, uh, this is an awful story. This, this is, is my favorite story from Father <laughs> Jack. Favorite. I love this story. This, okay. This is what well, has to do with a vigil, right? This is, this is a vigil, and, and this is by, done by a permanent deacon. Who, and why the family should meet with, why the right. family should meet with the priest and deacon before he preaches. Right. So the deacon goes up there, and he does. <laughs> is at a funeral home. This is at a funeral okay. home. And, vigil. And he does a vigil, and he's starting to give the homily, and this is a guy who is of a, liberal persuasion so everybody's been saved just because they've been born you know type of mentality and um and so he's sitting up there and he just he just was rambling i guess and i you know the story you know who knows if it's true anymore but he's just like you know he's like oh you know know, jimmy jimmy was a good man he's a he was a great man he was he was just loved by everyone and jimmy was he was good he was great people liked him and jimmy he never met jimmy in his life you know and he's he's never met the family he's just he's like a you know, coming in as like a mercenary in there. And he's like, yeah, Jimmy's just such a, and I'm like, well, should have preached the gospel. And he's like, oh, Jimmy's a good man. And the wife just gets up, stands up in the middle of the vigil, super faithful woman goes, Jimmy was a, <laughs> Jimmy was an alcoholic and he was an asshole. Be done with it already. And, and just sat down. And so did the deacon because, because he's like, this is the thing is that like, this is, this is always my gripe. It's like, this is what happens when we focus too much on trying to, to be liked and to connect with this false sense of community. If he had gone in there and just preached the gospel, that wife, that, that widow would have been more consoled. Right. And the other thing too, I think is that the funeral mass is focused on Christ yeah, and what Christ has done for this person, what he will do through his mercy. Yeah. And it's a time of hope where we're really imploring God to have mercy on the soul. And and where does the hope come from? Is is becomes very clear in the prayers, right? Because because right. the first option for the preface says, "For the faithful life is changed, not ended," right? Is that is that our hope as Christians don't doesn't come from anything except for the fact that we believe in the resurrection and that heaven is a real thing and that the resurrection of the dead is going to occur. And because we have the thing, hope is a thing. I have something I have, I have something I can look forward to, which isn't some sort of, you know, family reunion in heaven, but is, is greater than that. (laughs) You know, that it's, it, you know, it's, it's not just a, a, like a decent picnic, you know, down at the park. This is, which know, is perfection. another thing I think that happens, and this is more yeah. sort of a me culpa for us priests, is like, and I, I, you don't do this, and I think most of the priests have been or don't do this, where there's this like automatic canonization mm-hmm. of the person, regardless of what they've done, which even if they were a holy person, yeah, there's, it's still, it's, there's this, 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 we, we never, I mean, I don't say we never, but collectively speaking, 
the church has lost the sense of like this is a sacred moment yeah. to offer this the sacrifice of Calvary in the mass mm-hmm. for the soul of the person so that they can go to heaven mm-hmm. if they're not there. And um, I would say um, arguably one of the best funeral homies I've ever listened to. I, I couldn't go there. Was Father Paul Scalia's yep. homily at his father's funeral? Yep. And folks, if you if you want to see the perfect, the per, I would say almost I mean, not like oh, perfect, so. but almost perfect funeral homily is Father Scalia's homily for his father, I, Justice Scalia. Yeah, and that that actually was used in my in my preaching workshop as as the example for how right. to do a funeral. So homily why would you was, why would you I mean if people are listening, why would you say it was so perfect? I I will be honest, the only thing I remember is the opening where he says oh. he he was it was it was just amazing, but he it, he followed it through with it. I remember, but he said. He said, "We're gathered here in this beautiful basilica because he was at the National Shrine." He goes, "With with all of these uh, wonderfully important people to in because of one man, a man who uh, exemplified such great virtue, who offered such greatness, and he sacrificed so much for the sake of of the greater good. Loved by many, loved by uh, many, scorned by, by so, so many. many. Yeah, right. And he just as he goes, and that man is Jesus Christ. And I was just like, whoa, well, yeah, flip script, like drop perf- mic, yeah. And it was, but it was." It was important. It was important to kind of bring it back because he knew. I mean, he had to know, like, all right, this man is a, is a genuine celebrity. Um, right. And, and so many people are coming to this moment. And he used it to refocus, I, I would say, the entire funeral away from all of the people, men of secular importance, right? All of the justices and, and you know, congressmen and, right. and all those people and, and bring it back to the altar. Um, Loved it. And, and, yeah, it really was. And, and I think oftentimes... Uh, yeah, you kind of have we we have to do that as 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 priests is is to, to turn away from from the secular concerns and bring it back to the gospel um, and the person of Jesus Christ and and then even in the funeral when it kind of you know I I've shared this with you before that we we had to do a preaching workshop for two years. Uh, and the first year, uh, these two guys got in a little tiff because they were talking about should you preach purgatory at a funeral homily, and the one guy was like, "Are you?" He goes, you're telling me that we should be preaching uh, purgatory at a, at a, you know, a mother's homily or whatever, you know, in front of the presence of the kids. And the other one's like, absolutely. And then a year later, they switched roles 100%. And the rest of the class looked around like, am I taking crazy pills? Like, we had this conversation a year oh, so ago. So one started one preaching. One started, and, the other- and, the, and then the other one's like, but, like, the point was kind of clear. It's like, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit of, like, Actually, preaching purgatory. This is the perfect time. Yeah, this is the perfect time because what is it? What is purgatory? You don't have offer? to hammer it, but just saying, hey, look, you know, folks, that you can help the soul, and yeah. and then they're they're you're loving them through that, and it gives them something to do, and it's like, yeah, we're not disconnected from the soul, right? And it's like it's an act of mercy, and I I've even seen um, with Protestants, they're like, okay, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're like, uh, I mean, Baptists, I don't think really dis dis uh, don't believe in that, but they're like. There's this idea of praying for the deceased, like I can do that. Yeah, and I, I just think it gives them a sense of uh, a, an objective thing to do. Yeah, uh, for the person, I ju- I think it's kind of healing too. Yeah, um, and it's it's also freeing. I mean, sometimes they're like, yeah, there's a sense like, I think there's some unfinished business with with pops that you know I think it would be it makes sense, and I I think in it because I think well, it's another podcast, but purgatory is not just all negative either. Right. Well, it, well I mean it. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't go that far, Father, but it is pretty dang negative. There's just still hope. I guess, yeah, there's I guess hope. In that it's way. hopeful suffering. It's hopeful suffering, but it still is suffering. And then the last yeah. part, the last part of the funeral rites would be the the burial, the burial. itself. And I and I, I mean, it's 
some days, I, I don't know if you've ever had one of those just awful weather days for a burial. I remember doing, I did do one in a snowstorm. Uh, it was like, oh. it was, I mean, I didn't mind, but because I don't mind cold weather, but pouring like pouring rain would be the worst. Oh, pouring rain would be way worse. Uh, I told, I, I said that to somebody, but I was like, but it was really funny because I'm looking around and one woman showed up, I swear to you, in a miniskirt at this, at this snowstorm one. And I went, honey, like, wait, you look out the window. Like, I mean, come on. I was like, first off, it's inappropriate <laughs> anyway. And so I, I did not change my pace. Let's just say that. I did not just go slower. <laughs> did you slow down the prayers? I did not. I did not. I thought about it, but I also didn't. Really Lord <laughs> yeah. be with but I think, you. I think we should. I think it's worth um, just looking at the at the final prayer, right? Because there's there's like a almost solemn blessing at the end of it, right? Where right. Um, where a priest or a deacon says, offers the same kind of exhortation, which is may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. That 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 becomes the most like it, it's it's not, and I think it's important to remember that it's not just like a distraction from what we've just prayed about for the last you know hour or so, but but that it is an active gift of God that we're we're not overwhelmed with sorrow anymore because we right. know who Jesus is right. and we know what the Father is offering out to us and what our what the the content of our hope is now right and this is this is the culmination of it for that reason um is that hope is a hope is a real virtue but it's also a real gift that God um holds out for us right so takeaways are make, okay. make your wishes known yeah i mean yeah and i think too is i would say you know for some people, you, I would even go so far as say, put in your will mm-hmm. that you want a funeral mass because this is another thing of debate where you know people are like, well, I know mom wanted it, but you know we we're, we're not really into that. Laura, like, I told you before, Laura has it down to absolute, right um, down to the black vestments. Oh, oh, I want, yeah, I want, I want black vestments. I want incense. I want all that stuff. You know, yeah, it's, 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 you're getting yeah. Eucharistic prayer too for reconciliation. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, I'm gonna, I am gonna come out of purgatory, Father Jack. Go and I it. will make sure you don't sleep for seven days until you give me a good record mess. All right. right. Not happening. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that being said, a couple of takeaways. Number one, um, make sure you talk to the priest before you have the funeral. And the other thing, don't be defensive mm. uh, with the priest. Like it's like, it's sometimes people come in the office like, well, we want, we want to play, you know, Leonard Skinner, you know, uh, he was his favorite song. He's like, you can't play Leonard Skinner. It's a sacred liturgy. Not even Freebird. Not Freebird. Okay. Uh, that ha- not Freebird. Oh, that's another story. That was at one mass. They played Freebird. You know, and all right, you know, um, like just like pretend like the priest knows what he's doing. You know, like like he's not there to. He wants to make it. And and here's the thing: a beautiful liturgy will really help the whole family. Like this is what we do. We bury the dead, and like people come with these preconceived notions. There was a there was actually a, a great story from uh, Justice Ginsburg who left the shrine and said, "You Catholics really know how to bury the dead." Yes, and she's Jewish, right? Yes. Like it's like if you do it right, if you do this like kooky thing, and everybody shows up in Hawaiian shirts and all that kind of nonsense, like people are like, "Okay, okay great, that, that was, was a waste weird. of my time." Yeah, but but if you do it right, I mean, I think people really understand the the significance of what's happening, and it and it because we're all gonna die, but there's still a mystery to it, you know right. that right that it, that it really does offer something. So. Number two is do the the vigil if you can the night before, mm-hmm. priest or deacon, do the eulogy the night before, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, thirdly, um, you know, ask for sacred music, you know, work with the priest on that. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, I mean, just doing singing the Ave Maria after communion has this really consoling, uh, you know, sort of effect on the mass. Um, 
you know, I mean, uh, don't be afraid to make it really Catholic. I just really believe that. I am truly, we do it. We, we bury the dead better than any other religion, bar none. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just our, our funeral liturgies are, are ancient. They're beautiful. They're done. If, if they're done according to code. And then the other thing is, is this is like with cremation, just realize that if you, if you decide to do cremation, which you are permitted to do, it's, it's not against you know, it's the church to do so. It's not the preferable thing to do, but if, if it need be, or if, whatever it might be, and there's, there's a good reason to do so that the cremains uh, ought to be buried. And now at Sacred Heart in the cemetery, we have a place for that to happen. We have this column bearing, which will be erected on Saturday. Uh, they can also be buried uh, in blessed ground, um, but not to, you know, not to be sort of kept in the house or you know, scattered or thrown, thrown in, you know, in a fishing pond or things like this. That Remember, this is a, that body's going to last forever. You know, just remember that, that, that it's, it, this is all about preparing for eternity, essentially. And I th- you know, just an uh, observation of, uh, to your point about how we do liturgy as well, I think I think one of the, one of the, it was just one of the most tragic things that for me working for a parish that came out of the pandemic was the whole funeral, the limit on funeral. Oh, I mean, that was just no. you know it people was, were having to choose who can come who can and go. Yeah. Well, remember Denitus, Leonard Denitus. Yeah, I remember. I mean, and you know, because uh, we had to count the priest, the yeah. the you know the right. the organist, yeah, and everything ten. else. Wow. And it's like there was this huge. I mean, like one. One of the kids, you know, the grand grandkids or, or had, you know, eight kids. So like most of the kids couldn't go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. And then they, it was just, it was, it was a sad thing. And people were so good and understanding and, uh, but they were, they were, they're so appreciative of just having the mass yeah. because they're people of great faith. Um, but it was, that was tough for people losing someone during the pandemic. Well, because there was the part before that where yes. they were in many cases died alone. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh yeah. It's just, uh, it's tough. but anyway, it looks like we're pulling out of that, but, uh, all right, so uh, Father Jack, a blessing. Absolutely. Through the intercession of Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, all the holy angels, saints of God, may the blessing of mighty God come down upon you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.